Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Balance One Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm so happy that you're here. Today, you have me for a solo episode, and this is part two of our solo mental health series that started with episode 306. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, first of all, you can listen to them out of order, which is totally fine. But if you want to listen to them in order, I would recommend going back to episode 306. It came out about a month ago and it was amazing to do this deep dive on mental health and anxiety, panic attacks, postpartum, spiritual awakening, how all of those things are intertwined and to hear how many people could relate. And Not that I want anybody to be able to relate to those type of mental health struggles, but I've said this so many times before and I'll say it again. It's honestly the gift, the greatest gift of my lifetime that I have this podcast and I'm able to share my experiences with you guys because I get this beautiful blessing of when I'm ready to talk about things, finding out that I'm not alone. So I hope I can reflect that back to you and show you that you too are not alone in your mental health struggles. And like I said, in episode 306, we are living in a pretty dysfunctional, dysregulated society. So to feel dysfunctional and dysregulated is an appropriate response, especially for highly sensitive people. So I want to start this episode by saying that's my overarching message. If you take nothing else away from this series and from this solo episode, take that away. If you feel anxious or depressed or broken or lack of focus or anything that makes you feel completely other from what is supposed to be normal in this society, just know that as a highly sensitive person, you're pretty much responding appropriately. And when that anxiety comes up in your body or depression or whatever it is that you struggle with, it's a very real, very valid emotion that's coming up to show you that something's off and something's got to give and something's got to change. So that's what I've been listening to and focusing on in my life this whole year. So 
I think when you become a mom, time gets really, really sped up. And I have a 16 month old now. It's been the fastest 16 months of my life. But particularly this year from January to now, I have felt like I have been in a time machine or a washing machine or something that has just chewed me up and spit me out. And somehow January, February and March went by in the blink of an eye because I was in the depths of my rock bottom with my mental health. And then April came and I'm just like, how did it become spring? How is it not January 1st or 2nd? Because I feel like I just kicked off the year with all of these goals and then I was kicked off track and here we are. But I won't say I was kicked off track because everything that took place was supposed to take place and I'm coming out of it a stronger, healthier version of myself. I still have a long way to go, but I feel these huge shifts happening already. So for part two, I really wanted to talk about some of the positive changes that I've made for my mental health that have really been helping me and I hope can help you guys too. So I have a list. I took copious notes and maybe that's the new me, Jordan, who's been doing a lot of therapy lately to be more prepared. I have a list of 21 things here. We'll see how many we get to today because I also want to answer your questions. I did a Q&A on Instagram. So to get started, I wanted to actually kick this off with a Paris Hilton quote from her new memoir. Her new book, by the way, is so good. I devoured it and she's been through so much. She's absolutely incredible. And she talks a lot in her book about the different way that her brain works. She has ADHD and so do I. And she kind of talks about being this creative artist type and never fitting in the mold of her family. And people always thought there was something wrong with her. And she was so sensitive and shy and she just felt really, really different. So She writes this paragraph in her book, and I knew that I wanted to talk about it in today's episode. It says, disruption is scary for people who lack imagination and terrifying for people who hold on to the old school power structure. They don't like the idea that the future belongs to those of us who happen to be a little bit mad. And I love this. It makes me think of Alice in Wonderland or even when we had Atticus the Poet on the podcast several months ago. And he talked about being a creative person who fears descent into madness. Or I asked him a lot of questions about that. And he has an amazing poem about like getting close enough to madness to not burn your eyelashes, but to bring back the creative freedom. So there's a lot there. And I just really related to what she wrote. And it goes along with the way that I started this episode, which is that If you are a highly sensitive person living in this wild society that we do, it can be often (laughs) this feeling like, oh, am I the crazy one? Like, am I going mad? But really, as Paris puts it, I think the future belongs to those of us who are different and those of us who have maybe been on the fringes or those of us who have struggled. And I truly feel that because I feel that people who have the superpower of sensitivity are able to dig deep and understand people and the world in a way that maybe people who, I don't know, mentally everything has come incredibly easy to 
maybe can't. Those of us who have brushed with madness, we've got some stories to tell. So let me just get started by telling you some of the positive changes that I've been making in my life that have been helping me heal. And a lot of these are like really holistic lifestyle things. Most of them are free. Some of them are not. And also, I think some of them will surprise you because they're things that I didn't think I would dip my toes into, but I did. And those things are helping. So let's get started here. Number one is exercising every single day. I have really returned to exercise in a big way and it's helping me so much. I can't even tell you how much I missed my physical fitness. Like something that got me started with blogging all those years ago, 10 years ago, was my passion for fitness and yoga and wellness. And somewhere along the line, having a chronic illness and being a new mom, having so much physical pain when I was pregnant, I just became a lot less active than I had been in a really long time. So to get back into my fitness this year has been amazing. I've been working out every day in some capacity. And I'm not talking about pushing myself to the point where I burn out my adrenals and this works against me in my overall healing. I just mean like a steady commitment to myself because I really do believe and feel that those of us who keep the promises that we make to ourselves can bolster our confidence in ways that keeping promises to other people just isn't the same. You know, like sometimes for other people, we're doing things because they want to do it and that's fine from time to time. But keeping promises to ourselves and knowing we're going to keep that workout commitment as if it were an actual appointment that we needed to show up for. So that's what I've been doing every day, rain or shine, no matter how I'm feeling. And obviously, yes, I take days off. Like if I'm really tired or fatigued, I know that it's not the right day, but that's usually once a week max. And even then I go on a walk with Atticus with the stroller because I know that changing my environment and moving, getting movement into my life is going to make me feel good. I do this for my mental health way far and beyond doing it for my physical health. But obviously it's amazing for physical health too. So what I've been doing is the 12, 330 on the treadmill, which is walking at a 12 incline. And yes, it's very hard at first at a 3.0 speed for 30 minutes. And then I usually do Pilates. I do my friend Bryony's Pilates. She's coming on the podcast. I think next week is when her episode is out. I also do Melissa Wood. She's been on the podcast too. And I'll do some light weights. Actually, Jonathan created me a workout to do with weights that I just do in our gym. We have a gym in our apartment building. And this is literally the highlight of my day. I listen to podcasts. I text people back. I do my voice messaging. I'll do emails sometimes on the treadmill. I think it's an actual life hack. Like, I am becoming obsessed again with getting strong. And I mean obsessed in a good way. Like I said, this is not an obsession with the way that I look or anything like that. It's like, I'm getting strong again. I feel the benefits. I went on a two and a half-ish hour hike with my best friend in Malibu the other day. And it it was a hard hike. Like there's a lot of inclines. It wasn't easy. And a couple months ago, I would have been huffing and puffing. I would have felt like an old woman because that's how I felt a lot of the time. And this was just a clear indicator to me that things are moving in a good direction. 
everybody loves those endorphins. So there's the positive serotonin boost there. And I just highly recommend it. And if it's hard for you to get back into fitness, just tell yourself it gets easier with time. The hardest is just starting. The hardest is just showing up. So you've got this. Okay, let's talk about Mind Bloom. We're talking about ketamine. And I've talked a lot about ketamine on the podcast. You should listen to the episode that I did with Dr. Mike Dow. I believe it's episode 282 to learn all about ketamine therapy, what that is, and how it has helped me with my mental health. And since this is a mental health podcast episode, you should know that ketamine therapy is a whole new approach to treating mental health. There's not a quick fix for anxiety or depression, but there is something that you can try that can kind of unlock your brain and open up new neural pathways. It gives you a new way to think about the world and a new way to see the world. And it's pretty profound. I did six sessions of ketamine therapy last winter. And I'm a huge proponent of everything that Mind Bloom is doing. And it is at-home ketamine therapy. So they are the leader in at-home ketamine therapy. They have safely helped thousands of people overcome anxiety and depression. Ketamine works quickly and doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional antidepressants, which we're also talking about in this episode. And it just really helps. A lot of people have felt improvements after only two sessions. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com blonde and use promo code blonde. Take the first step and break free from your anxiety with MindBloom. mindbloom.com blonde and use promo code blonde. Okay, let's talk about the future of toys for our kids. We are loving KiwiCo over here in the Albrecht household. They are defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and so much fun. We got a shipment of their toys recently. And when I opened it, I was like, oh, this is a game changer. These toys are everything that I've been looking for, for Atticus and then some. And then he came running over and he was super excited too. Their toys are educational and they also teach the art of exploration. What's different about KiwiCo is that it's really about hands-on projects. So it's age appropriate. So any kid ranging from infants to preschoolers to teens and beyond can do these hands-on projects and it keeps your kids busy. It keeps them off screens, which is really important to us. And it helps them learn. So I have loved some of the things that we've gotten recently from them. They have the science of magic. They also have engineering, a domino machine, and so much more. And Jonathan's really excited about that because he's all about building. He thinks that's like really important for kids. And I've seen how it does help develop creativity and really encourages your kids to be innovators and think outside of the box. They have so much fun. It builds their confidence. So redefine learning with play, explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. 
Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at kiwico.com with the code balanced. That is 50% off your first month with promo code balanced at kiwico.com. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Number two, I've been waking up earlier, which helps me go to bed earlier. And I just find that with anxiety, knowing what's coming is very helpful. Part of my anxiety started to be that I just felt like everything in my life was reaching the point where I just felt out of control. Like I didn't know what every day was going to bring. Having a baby, like life is just kind of more chaotic or it's very much more chaotic So to know when I'm going to bed, when I'm waking up in the morning, what I'm doing when I wake up and just having that structure is really helpful. So I'm not perfect at this. I'm a night owl. I've told you guys many times that on the sleep chronotype quiz, I'm a dolphin. We will put the sleep chronotype quiz in the show notes. But just so you know, dolphins thrive off of staying up late and sleeping in late. So I'm never going to be the person who's going to bed at 8.30 and waking up at 5. That just isn't the way that I'm wired. But because I'm a mom and because I do at times have to get up with my little man, it has served me times a million to just create a little bit more structure in my life. So even though I've resisted structure my entire adult life, I'm here to tell you a little bit of structure does help. Number three, I've made a lot of changes with my diet. I'm cooking a lot more at home and I'm eating a lot more protein. So we talked about this a little bit in the last solo, but I'm no longer vegan. And that's hard for me to say. I'm so passionate about the plant-based community and the plant-based movement. And I hope and believe that in the future, I will make my way back to a plant-based way of life. But I'm really enjoying being more lenient And my body is thanking me for it times a million. So I've been making a lot of protein at home, like different types of meat. I've been doing ground turkey, ground beef with rice and avocado and vegetables. It's still a very vegetable heavy diet, but I'm incorporating those different kinds of meat as well as fish and eggs and even cheese. I'm not sure if my body loves cheese, but you know, we're figuring it all out and it just feels good. I don't want to say that having the freedom to eat in these different ways is helping me mentally because I loved being plant-based. There's nothing wrong with being plant-based in my opinion. It's not a toxic way of life. And I'm definitely not here to say, oh my God, I was anxious because I was vegan. No, that, that has nothing to do with it. I was so far past any type of disordered eating or anything of that nature. It was really just postpartum. My body craved more and I had no idea that this lack of protein or even just like I've been needing an abundance of protein and not having that was making me more tired. It was making me more lethargic. 
And it was causing anxiety because I just wasn't really getting all of the nutrients that I personally needed. I've been cooking a lot, which I find really therapeutic. Number four is my supplement routine. So I take a ton of supplements. I won't bore you guys with what all of those supplements are, but I'm definitely taking a good quality probiotic, a lot of different vitamins and minerals that my lab tests came back and said that I was deficient in. I've been taking colostrum in my water. That's really helpful for gut health and sealing the gut lining. I use the brand Armra. You can use the code BALANCEDBLONDE for a discount. I'm obsessed. That's not sponsored. I'm obsessed with their products. And we should do a whole episode on supplements, but I just had to drop that in there because balancing the body is a huge part of what goes on with anxiety, not to mention all of the mental subconscious stuff. So next, I would say I'm doing a lot of Lacey's work. Lacey was on the podcast last week and I told her I'm doing all of her deep imaginings and working on the subconscious reprogramming of I deserve to be healthy and happy. And why is my frequency not aligning with the frequency of being healthy and happy? Because that's not necessarily what I'm used to. I, I've been sick for six years with a chronic illness. And even though I work really hard to not call myself a sick person, and I believe that our words become our reality and our words can be spells and all this kind of stuff, the truth is I've been very sick physically and, and it gives me a lot of health PTSD. So working on reprogramming my subconscious mind has been huge. And for that, I highly recommend Lacey's work to be magnetic. She's amazing. Listen to her on last week's episode. We even have it on YouTube, which is a new thing that we're doing now. And I've loved hearing your responses to watching the videos. There won't be a video for this one because I just record these at home. I don't have all the cool Dear Media cameras here and whatnot, but I kind of love the low-key vibe of just being a slob in my workout clothes, no makeup, eczema all over my face and just recording on the floor. So number six, meditation and shadow work. I'm actually creating some of my own meditations you guys can get excited for those. I'm really excited to bring them to life. This was a project that I intended to launch on February 1st, 201, my lucky number. And clearly my descent into mental health rock bottom had me putting a lot of things on the back burner and re rejigging my schedule to make sure that I wasn't taking on too much. But at the right time, there will be a TBB meditation and affirmations hub. And it's going to be some kind of membership platform. I'm really excited about it. I do affirmations and meditations every day. I was doing one right before this episode to just realign with what I believe to be true, which is that I am powerful. My future is bright. Everything that I share today comes from the heart and will impact people in a beautiful way. And it's really just like a powerful way to hype yourself up. So I see a lot of good things happening with the TBB meditations and affirmations. And that's also me responding to something that you guys have been asking for for a long time. 
But even if they're not my meditations, I highly recommend still doing meditations, doing shadow work, which you can do through Lacey's work as well. Number seven, this should honestly be number one. So I should go on to say this is in no particular order, but number seven on my list is therapy, 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 therapy. I could say that six billion times and it wouldn't be enough to show my gratitude toward working with a really amazing therapist. I'm actually working with two right now, my therapist who's new, and then my psychiatrist who I've been seeing on and off since 2009. And to just have an unbiased opinion, but from someone who does get to know you really well and is also an expert on mental health. So they can tell you, oh yeah, that obsession in your mind with this one thing that's causing you anxiety, that's actually attributed to something called generalized anxiety. And that's what this means. And connecting all those dots has really helped me feel and believe and understand that I'm not going crazy. Even when the intrusive thoughts creep in, and I've kind of told you guys this, but I also suffer from pretty intense OCD and it's very debilitating and comes with a lot of intrusive thoughts. Having a therapist who understands where I'm coming from really helps talk me off the ledge. It helps show me, oh, these thoughts, although they make sense because of like the triggers that I have, they're irrational. There's no reason to believe them. They're a feeling, not a fact. And I thought I was someone who's done all of the healing work imaginable from psychedelics to talking to mediums, to becoming my own healer, to having multiple dark nights of my own soul, to being in therapy since I was five, like somatic healing, breath work. I've literally tried everything and I am a human guinea pig, but There's just nothing that really compares to having a good therapist and also to doing the types of therapy that support you at the right time in your life. So I kind of wrote off therapy, if I'm being honest. For myself, I was really happy for all my friends and people that I love who were getting benefits from therapy. But after about 2018, 2017, 2018, And I kind of closed out with my last therapist. I told him, I feel like I'm in a good place. I don't really feel like I need therapy at this stage in my life. And he agreed. And we had been working together for several years. And he said, you're in a really good place. You're in a really healthy relationship. I love to see you thrive. And I agree with you. You don't need therapy right now. Um, I thought I had closed that chapter of my life rather naively, and that I was onto a different chapter, which was psychedelics and kind of becoming my own therapist. And I remember having visions on ayahuasca and ketamine and mushrooms and all my psychedelic journeys, feeling like this is almost a shortcut to 20, 30 years of therapy, like, which is true. That's kind of what psychedelics are known to do you can get the benefits of decades of therapy in one hour, but that's only if you're integrating properly and if you're really committed to changing your life, changing your energy and changing everything about all all of the deeper rooted traumas that kind of perpetuate all of our mental health 
issues and struggles. So that was a huge run on sentence, but I have so much to say about that. And that was a really positive chapter in my life. I don't think there were any mistakes that I went five, six years without having a therapist. I think that was really positive for me and I was able to focus on other things. But now therapy is is a staple for me. It is a must. And I'm so happy that I got those pings. I got those intuitive hits for about a year to find the right therapist again. And it's hard to find the right therapist. And I empathize with anyone who's looking for a therapist and feels like they haven't found the right person who understands them or who can help them with their particular particular maladies. But I promise there's someone out there for you. There's so many forms of therapy. There's affordable forms of therapy. We had BetterHelp as a sponsor on this podcast for a while. There's different things that you can look into. And I do think therapy is hugely beneficial for so many of us. Number eight is consistent blogging. Just being consistent and having structure again feels really good. I've been blogging every Tuesday and doing my 12 Things Tuesday post. And with this podcast coming out every Wednesday, I just feel like my days having structure and knowing what I'm focusing on just helps me more than I thought it would. Number nine is alone time. And that's huge. I'm actually going to Costa Rica on a solo trip at the end of this month. And it's going to be the longest amount of alone time that I've had since becoming a mom. And I think this is going to be, oh, it's going to be amazing for me. It's going to be hard. And there's parts of me that dread being away from Atticus and even Jonathan. And this is something that I used to do all the time. If you don't believe me or if you don't remember, listen to some of my solo episodes that I released in Bali in 2018 and 2019 when I went on some solo trips. This is like who I am in my heart. So pushing past the anxiety and the panic to know I can still do hard things. I can still travel by myself. I can give this gift to myself, which will ultimately also be a gift to my son and my husband and my podcast listeners and the greater purpose of my life. And you don't have to take a trip to have alone time. You can go on a walk every morning. You can take a candlelit bath every night. Find that thing that works for you and commit to it. Number 10, time off from recording and also batching my podcasts. So this is something I actually didn't even get to in my last episode and didn't end up sharing with you guys. But for the last five or six weeks, I have been taking some time off of recording the podcast. And this has been such a breath of fresh air for me. I love recording the podcast and I always want to keep it fun. But the anxiety and the panic that I was having was causing me to have some really irrational, intrusive thoughts around recording and like negative thought loops of who am I? It's kind of like I was having imposter syndrome for, I don't want to say the first time, but in a very severe way for the first time. And it was really messing with my mind. And I had to come back to center. And I also took a look at everything I had recorded over the last several months and saw how ahead I was and saw that I had a huge window of opportunity to take some time off of recording 
and still have amazing episodes with guests and solos to release every week. So that's been really positive and it has given me time. So as my therapist says, my I was just frying my nervous system on a daily basis, on a minute by minute basis. And I had to step back. So I know that that's a privilege and a blessing that not everyone has. That's the beauty of being my own boss is the flexibility of sometimes the flexibility swings one way in the sense that I'm never taking a break or giving myself a break, but it can also swing in the opposite direction. So I've been trying to be better about taking that time. And I know that not everybody can do this, but having the last five or six weeks to deeply heal my nervous system. And this is only the beginning of healing and regulating my nervous system is helping me in so many ways. And it's also helping me see the type of schedule that I will maintain when I start recording again, which by the time you guys hear this, I will be recording again and I'm excited. And I'm going to try to batch more episodes because when I get into the headspace of recording, I love it. And it is like my zone of joy. It's something that I don't want to say that I'm good at it, but I must be because it's been my job for seven years. So I I hope that I am. And it's like, I need to get out of my own way. I need to return to the positive truth that this is something that I chose to do. And I love doing this and not let the anxiety win. I can see now how anxiety could make someone agoraphobic or afraid to even leave their house. I can totally see how that could happen. And I feel like my panic and anxiety was getting so bad that I was headed down that path and I had to step back. And at the time, my therapist told me, if we can't carve out time in your schedule and you can't step back, I'm concerned that you're going to have to be hospitalized. And I think that's something I didn't get the chance to mention last time either, but that was a wake-up call and it gives me chills to even think about it. And I just remember sobbing as she said that to me and thinking, that's a last resort for me. I want to be able to figure this out. I want to be able to give myself the gift of stepping back without having to be hospitalized and like having to leave my life because of panic and anxiety or leave my life for a period of time. So stepping back, and learning the new boundaries and kind of bashing techniques I'm going to do with my schedule, I think are going to help a lot. Number 11, working on intuitive abilities, psychic abilities, not letting my psychic gift own me, but owning the gift and starting to incorporate it into my life more. Number 12, not giving a shit about friends that don't reciprocate. I mean, mic drop. I am really focusing on reciprocal friendships right now. And that doesn't mean putting expectations on people or unrealistic expectations. It's just like, we know what reciprocal energy feels like and the bandwidth that I have for friendships that are not reciprocal is just not there anymore. So for years, I felt like I have so much love to give deep inside of me that I don't really care if someone can give it back to me or not. I'm going to give it to them. I was like that with my ex-boyfriends. I was like that with everyone. And I'm at the point now where I see when I do that, that actually takes away from the energy that I can give to my son and to my husband and to myself. And I really need that right now. And so does my family. And so do my friends that are amazing. So trying not to give a shit. I don't know if I'm ever going to be like a truly 
degaff person, but I'm trying. Oh, and that brings me to my next one, which I'm so excited about, which is I am in my villain era. I thought that I was in my degaff era. Don't give a fuck era. But you guys told me pretty quickly on social media, the kids are calling that the villain era these days. And I'm definitely in my villain era. So what does that mean? It means that I'm not trying to stuff myself into a box to just be so likable. I'm not terrified of being canceled by saying the wrong thing because I think that was like part of the anxiety with podcasting and being a public figure in general is that there became this huge fear of what if I say something stupid and like, what if I'm canceled for it and all this stuff? And I started to really censor myself. And then I realized the beauty of podcasting is that we can say whatever the hell we want. I'm not an offensive person inherently. So I probably am not going to say something that's going to get me canceled and basically just not focusing on being terrified of being disliked. And then also just who cares? Like even in my life, if someone came to me and said, oh, XYZ person is really insulted by the way that you're acting lately with your energy, I would be like, too bad because I'm feeling pretty good about my energy right now. And for a notorious people pleaser, lack of boundary, haver, highly sensitive person, that's huge. That's my villain era. It's kind of that F you energy and not in an off-putting way, but Lacey and I talked about this in last week's episode. There's just not time to live for other people. I'm here to live for me. And like I said last time, I'm not trying to pretend to be okay either. Like I'm just going to show up as I am and take me for what I am. That's <laughs> That is a quote from Rent, my favorite musical ever. Take me for what I am and who I'm meant to be take me or leave me, baby. So if that sounds harsh, which I don't think it does, like that's not my intention. My intention is to just return to my pure essence, which is my higher self. And that's what I want for all of us. And to not fret about the people who might be not into it, because honestly, at the end of the day, that has a lot more to do with them than it does with you. So I've been untangling myself from all of that. The next few things on my list are infrared sauna, travel, hormone testing, having fun creating content again. I joined the app Lemonade. Come follow me on there. Jordan Younger is my name on there. The balance wand was too long. And I'm just like, it's like my OG scrapbooking days, like back to being a kid. It's a really fun app. I'll try to remember to put the link in the show notes for my account there. But just like doing things that are fun again. Having hobbies as an adult is huge. And I just took up tennis again for the first time since high school, like trying to have more hobbies that are not related to work or directly related to being a mother, like just knowing that I'm worthy of spending time doing what I want to do. And then also not making a mountain out of a molehill. So like, I don't have time to focus on shit. That's really not that big of a deal. I'm doing a lot of breath work and a lot of writing and working on my books and keeping promises to myself, like I said. So now I know I've been talking for a while and I want to keep going, but I want to get into our Q&A. We have so many good questions here. So I'm going to start with, I'm going to actually keep these anonymous since this is such a tender subject. Someone asked, what has made you feel like yourself again during this rock bottom season? I think 
pretty much everything I've said in this episode, like returning to my higher self, I've been doing with my therapist, EMDR therapy. And you should look it up if you've never heard of it. But it's kind of, there's a lot of different ways to work with EMDR. But something that we were doing today is called visual templating. So basically, you're tapping on your knees one after the other. It's this very rhythmic motion. I'm doing it right now as I'm talking to you guys. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open and visualize how you want to be in certain scenarios and certain situations. And there's so much more to EMDR therapy than that. But that's something specifically that we were doing today with me focusing on something that I have coming up. And when I saw that visualization, I saw that my happy self, my true authentic self is me in my power. And it's me not giving my power away to anyone else. So lack of boundaries or just being this absorbent sponge of a person and then going into situations and feeling like the other person, by the time I leave that situation, that's not my highest self. My highest self holds my power and my boundaries and I get to dictate the energy of my space and then ultimately dictate the energy of my body. So hopefully that gives you some stuff to think about, but that's that's what's making me feel like myself again. And I have to work on that every day. I do meditations about this every day and I'm doing things that I love every day. And on that note, Atticus just walked in. So if you're lucky, you will hear him in the background. He's so cute and so amazing. Spending time with him has also made me feel like myself and just focusing on more things that I love. That's why I'm peeling back the layers and exercising every day, journaling every day. It sounds so simple, but when I was really caught up in the shit storm of my anxiety and panic, I didn't have time. I didn't feel like I had time to do any of those things or prioritize any of those things. And that was getting really, really challenging. Clean Simple Eats is on a mission to elevate lives through food, fitness, and the best tasting supplements on the planet. And I can attest, I am obsessed with their Clean Simple Greens, specifically their peachy greens. It is so good. We got this shipment a couple weeks ago and everyone from myself to Jonathan to our nanny to my parents is obsessed with Clean Simple Eats. They have five delicious flavors and they're all so delicious. The coolest thing is you get all the greens benefits without the taste of greens. I love the taste of greens. I know that a lot of people don't. They may help to cleanse and detoxify, reduce inflammation, which I know in TBB community, we could all use improve gut health and boost immunity is something that actually works. It's packed with 17 vegetables per serving which is amazing. Imagine eating 17 different vegetables per day. This gives you all the superfoods that you need, but don't typically consume like organic chlorella and spirulina. I'm a spirulina lover and I always have been. I put them in so many of my recipes. They're organically sourced, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, third-party tested, and never contain artificial ingredients or colors. 
And we have a special deal for you. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BALANCED at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BALANCED. Enjoy. Okay, let's talk about Just Thrive. I could shout about them from the rooftops. We had the founder of Just Thrive Probiotics, Tina Anderson, on the show recently. So if you want to hear about why their probiotics actually survive once they get to the gut and what sets them apart in so many different ways, as well as affirmations and spiritual things that Tina and I had in common, definitely tune into that episode. But first, let me tell you why I love Just Thrive and why they're a part of my, not only my supplement routine, but also my mental health routine. So I take their probiotic every morning and I also take their Just Calm product. So the Just Calm product helps to manage stress and drive brain function. It's called a psychobiotic. And I'm so happy that I learned about this because I also realized this was missing in my life and it's something that I really needed. So what it does is it promotes a healthy response to everyday stress It encourages a steady, serene, and balanced mood. It helps drive mental clarity, focus, and alertness, and it even supports great energy and better sleep. So this is true stress management built for our modern-day, social media-filled, stressful world. And their spore-based probiotics are quite simply the best, hands down. So use promo code BALANCED for 20% off a 90-day bottle of Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm, you're going to love it, at justthrivehealth.com. Promo code BALANCED for 20% off. Enjoy. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. Love you guys. Okay. Another question. Oh, this is one that I know people have been dying to hear from me. And I didn't know if I would talk about this, but in the spirit of being honest, I'm going to talk about it. So a couple people said your journey or thoughts about SSRIs. Someone else said thoughts on antidepressants and anxiety medications. Someone else said, have you been on any medication and what is your thoughts about medication? So I am a notoriously holistic person. I typically don't even take Advil. When I was pregnant, I literally never took Advil or ibuprofen or anything, not even once. And I have learned the hard way through Lyme that my body doesn't really respond well to most medications. But when I'm telling you that this mental health journey blew my mind in a way that I was not prepared for. Medication came into my life and pretty much saved me. So I was concerned to try medication. And I don't really want to say which one I'm on just because I don't want you to compare yourself to me and feel like you have to go on the same one. But I knew because people in my family take this medication, it's an anxiety medication. And because of the way that DNA works, my therapist felt that if it worked for people in my family, then it would have a higher chance of working for me. And so I started taking it at the end of January. It's an SSRI and I was petrified. I have a lot of Western medicine PTSD. So it was a big deal. You can imagine for me to to take this 
I had to be pushed to my brink and then not just pushed to my brink, but like pushed past the brink to the point where if you recall, my therapist was like, you're going to have to be hospitalized because the anxiety is so bad. So I was obviously willing to try anything, anything that could. And so I started on the SSRI. And at first I had no idea if it was going to work for me. I had this desire to go off of it like 600 times in my first week alone because SSRIs can take a while to start working or giving you any effects. It can take, I think, anywhere from six to eight weeks. Sometimes it can take people three months. So I knew this was not a quick fix. This is not like taking a Xanax and immediately chilling out. This is more for the long haul to kind of stabilize the brain chemistry again. And the way that my psychiatrist puts it is it's like putting a cast on a broken leg. And then when you do enough healing, at least for me, I'm not talking about anybody else but me. The goal for me is to then get off of it at the time when I feel stable and like I feel like I've done enough healing to then move forward without it. That said, I have people in my family and people who I'm very close to who very much are benefited by being on an SSRI long-term. We're talking like decades for some people that I love and I support that. And I now understand from an even more compassionate lens how needed that is for certain people. Like that saves lives. And if you need it, you need it. And if it's gonna help you, your intuition will know. And so I knew I had to try it. And because it wasn't working at first, because it takes a while to start working, I was super ambivalent and thinking like, I'm just going to stop taking it after I took it for like three days because it did affect me. I lost my appetite for a couple of weeks. Like it's changing brain chemistry. And I should also say I'm on a super low dose. Not that that matters. Not that I have to like prove myself (laughs) in any way, but I'm on a super low dose because I'm a very, very sensitive person to medications. Such a low dose. This is like the dose that they give people the final step when they're weaning off of medications. But for me, it's enough. And at some point, I think it really started to do good things for me and stabilize my brain chemistry and anything that had kind of taken a dip for me, serotonin wise or otherwise, because of postpartum started to even out and it really helped me. Now I will say it's not a miracle pill. It's not like this is the cure and now I don't have to do any work. I'm definitely doing the deeper work. I'm doing trauma reprocessing. Like I said, in episode 306, I had repressed memories come up from childhood that are very deep traumas, very big T traumas. And to sidestep that um, would not be a good idea for me. So I'm not doing any type of bypassing or anything, but I'm very grateful for the medication. And I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. And I remember when I had Dana Kathan on the podcast in January or February, she was really open about her medication journey. And she got me thinking. And I said on recording, like, I'm not on an anxiety medication, but I think I should be. And then here we are now. Like, I'm pretty sure the seed was planted and then it spiraled down the hill. And here we are. So... 
that's my answer to that question. I'm happy to elaborate if anyone has any questions. And I'm also really thankful. Okay, then I'll, I'll change the subject. But I'm also really thankful to people like Gabby Bernstein, by the way, who has really talked about, she tried to ashwagandha herself out of postpartum depression and anxiety. And it wasn't working for her. She was suicidal. And then she got on an SSRI and it completely saved her life. So I'm so grateful for people like that. And even though it's hard to talk about, I'm happy to be adding to the conversation. Okay. Someone else asked, what has helped you with panic attacks and health anxiety about manifesting what you don't want? Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to try to see what you mean about the manifesting part, but the health anxiety is so challenging. What I've learned lately in therapy is that any of us who have a chronic illness, it would be impossible for us to not deal with huge, large amounts of health anxiety. And with health anxiety, it's really tough because anytime you feel any sensation in your body that feels off, like a twitch in your arm or a pain in your side or like a swirling in your stomach, you panic because you're used to, your mind goes to the worst case scenario because with chronic illness, it is the worst case scenario to be chronically ill and to be so used to feeling that way and to be so used to things feeling really off hormonally and energetically and physically and otherwise. So I've been really working on what I mentioned before, which is feelings are not facts. I remind myself that so many times throughout the day. So with health anxieties and things like that, just even learning more about what anxiety is and what anxiety means for me and what the root of my anxiety is helps me see that I'm spiraling and going down the path of irrational thoughts versus what's really happening, what's really true. And when you ask yourself what's really true, it helps you from spiraling into that negative headspace of like the worst case scenario because very rarely is it going to be the worst case scenario. Most of the time, if you're lucky, it's it's probably just like a minor inconvenience, something that you're feeling in your body. And sometimes you might be sick, but very rarely is it the worst case scenario. So just practicing that, like what if, that what if statement, like what if it was as bad as I'm imagining it to be. Okay. Would I still be okay? Yeah, actually I'd be okay. This is what I would do. And just going from there and with panic attacks, I do a lot of meditating. I do a lot of breath work. I do a lot of tapping on my chest and I just set myself up to have the best approach possible. So like if I'm fearful about having a panic attack going into a certain environment, I make sure that I arrive early so that I can meditate in the car, do my tapping, do my EFT, emotional freedom technique, and so that I don't kind of get pushed off the ledge. That's the way my therapist describes it is panic is like you get too close to the edge of a cliff and then anything could set you off and push you off the cliff, like being late and fighting against traffic and then having a panic attack for that reason or I, when I was panicking all the time, like running out, I almost ran out of gas in my car. And normally I could laugh about that, but it caused me a huge panic attack. Like making sure to not put myself in those types of situations was helpful. And then knowing if a panic attack comes, 
I'm just going to ride the wave. And I know that's like a terrifying thing to do. And panic is so hard, but also trusting that all these new tools and techniques keep me from reaching that really high level of panic. So knock on wood, I haven't had an actual panic attack in several weeks. And let's hope that it stays that way. Someone says how to support your mom friends if you don't have kids. That's a really, really kind question. And I love that you're thinking about it. Honestly, I think just like uh, for me, at least, and I know everybody's different. I really appreciate when my friends show an interest in my child and like want to get to know him and really appreciate the value and the beauty of like this joyous angel human being. And my friends who are helpful with him, like they come over we make dinner, they help me put him to bed or they don't always help, but like they read books, they do the fun part and just that willingness to spend time and that understanding that like during the week, it's really hard for me to go out to dinner. I would rather be home with Atticus. Like nothing, nothing seems worth it to me to not be with him at night because I'm working during the day. So friends that are like, yeah, of course I'll come over for dinner so that I can see you. And then after we put the baby to bed, we have from 7 p.m. onward to connect and hang out and have some us time. But it's so nice, I think, when friends just understand, oh yeah, maybe you don't want to leave your house at night because you have a baby that you want to be with or, you know, just kind of putting those thoughts into it rather than, I think, there's a lot of people who simply don't understand and Yes, us moms still want to be invited. So please like still invite us to the dinners and the lunches and all the things. But just having that understanding that if you really want to spend time together, I have a baby too. Like, don't you want to spend time with him? (laughs) It has kind of shocked me that not everybody has wanted to get to know this new little being. And most people have, but I'm just saying that's a really nice way to support or dropping off dinner or just like, asking how they're doing, asking how motherhood is. I think it's almost meeting a new version of your friend, your friend who's now a mom and just showing an interest. Even if you can't understand, we don't really care if you can understand from like a first person perspective, but like just the caring is what's so helpful when people ask. So that's a really good question. How do I stay positive amidst sleep deprivation? (laughs) Sleep deprivation and insomnia is horrible. But for staying positive, I try to just be really gentle on myself. If I have insomnia, I try to let myself rest the next day, not put a ton of pressure. Like the more pressure that we put on ourselves, the worse it gets. And then the harder it is to fall asleep. And some of the best advice that I've gotten about insomnia is to just ride that wave. I mentioned the sleep chronotype quiz. We'll definitely put it in the show notes. But if you're somebody who's like a late night person, maybe like I've started to do at times, embrace it. Like, is there something that you've wanted to do that you don't have time to do during the day? Like read a book or write a book or something like that's time to work on it. Your brain is awake for a reason and just not fight it so much. That's one way that I stay positive. Let's do one final question. Somebody says, do you ever feel like your mental health struggles are foreshadowing major changes? Yes, I do. Especially as a reflector in human design, I find that this 
crazy. It, it feels crazy amount of feeling and panic and anxiety that I've had definitely concerned me that it was foreshadowing for the future, not necessarily of my life per se, well, my life too, but like the environment and the world. And there's still a part of me that can't shake that, not to be like doomsday because that's not how I feel at all. But reflectors do reflect the state of the world. And when we're feeling like super off, like a temperature barometer, it does mean that things are very off. But I think we already know that things are pretty off in this world. And it's up to us now, all of the light workers on the planet to make things light again and to bring light to the darkness. So I do think about that. I think that that's a whole episode in and of itself. But to the person that asked this question, I think you're very perceptive and um, I do have a lot more to say about it. So we will, we will get into it. And overall, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has sent me messages and supported and listened to the first episode in this series. And also thank you for listening to the end of this one. If you want to hear a part three, please tell me. We can keep going with Q&A. I can keep telling you things that are helping me. And next, I want to have Jonathan on, my husband, to talk about from a relational perspective how this has kind of like shown up in our relationship and how he supports me. And I think that'll be a really interesting angle. So overall, I think things are moving in a positive direction. And just like I tell my best friends when I'm catching up with them on the phone or in person, I am feeling like 70% better. So I want to keep moving in that direction. I know that there's still a lot of work to be done, but I wanted to thank you all for going on this journey with me. You guys are really my why and why I do this in the first place, why I show up, why I put myself through some discomfort and anxiety to do hard things. And it's because this is a really, really special gift. You guys are a really special gift to me. And this community is the biggest gift in my life. So thank you. I love you guys. And we will talk next week. We'll be back with another guest and soon we'll do another solo. Sending you so much love and we'll talk soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Blonde and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.